Thank you for downloading the Vertical Call weekly podcast. To find out more about Vertical Call, please visit verticalcall.com. Good morning. Wow, this is actually happening. I want to. Well, this is the first time I've preached in 12 years on a Sunday morning. A lot of you know that, right? Um, I've never preached with one of these. I've realized that. So before. Um, before I open the word, and we will this morning, <coughs> I need to uh, take care of some spiritual business. Um, today's a miracle for me. It's a miracle. It's actually happening. We're doing this. <laughs> I just want to look at you all. Thank you for being here. For those of you that don't know me, I was a senior pastor in Santa Rosa for seven years, 12 years ago. So today is very uh, significant and special for me personally, but more than me, it's significant to what God's doing in our region. Jesus said this verse, he said that a thief comes to steal, kill, and all right, destroy. Twelve years ago, I got sideways, and the enemy tried to steal what God was doing in my life. He tried to kill and destroy me, my family, even many of you, his church. He shouldn't have done that. <laughs> he tried, but Jesus. But Jesus, <laughs> Jesus said, in that same verse, but I have come that you may have life, abundant life. And through the pain, through the tears, out of the ashes, he has made something beautiful. And today, my life is a testimony that Jesus is our healer, he is our redeemer. He is our restorer, and he's all about reclaiming that which is lost. Yes. Even these, these things we're talking about. Isn't that great? That's what he's about. Mm. And no power in hell can stand against his purposes. Do you hear me? No power in hell. I remember it well 12 years ago when I thought everything in my life was over beautiful bride I love you she stood up in a room with a lot of leaders some of you may have been there she stood up and she stuck a stake in the ground and she said no more the enemy does not have the final say in our city God does we're not going anywhere unless God tells us to go. We're going to see Jesus high and lifted up. Remember that? The 
So here we are, 12 years later, with my family and all of you, standing on a prophetic word that you declared that day, and the promise that God even spoke through the prophet Joel. He said, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. (laughs) I'm so blessed to be on this journey of experiencing healing and restoration in my marriage, in my family, in my friendships. And seeing God redeem ministry, boy, we've been leading worship and serving all over. And so today, I'm coming out of the safety of being in my comfort zone. My comfort zone is actually right here. (laughs) Worshiping God, because that's He made me a worshiper, right? So I'm comfortable there. Um, But now I'm back right here to declare the word of God, which is, I'm so honored to do that. Um, I feel like I'm stepping out on the water with Jesus when when Peter said, Jesus, is that you? If that's you, tell me to come. And Jesus said, come on. I feel like that right now. I'm stepping out there on the water again. Hmm. So before we crack this open, I feel compelled to honor and thank many of you that are here today. Even across the country, there are my family is um, watching on Facebook Live and others. Um, It's because of you that Jesus has made a difference in me. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for your prayers. First, I want to thank my bride. Yeah. Thank you for fighting for me. Thank you for fighting for us. And I choose you. I love you. Baby, you are. Yeah. I feel like Paul, you know, when he was writing a letter, he said all these things up front. Yeah, that's how I feel. (laughs) Hmm. My amazing kids. Ryan, my son. Rachel, my daughter. Zachary, my new son. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for loving me unconditionally and dancing with me in this life and in the living room. Hmm. My Carrillo family, Cutler family in Texas, I miss you all. Thank you for the years of co-laboring and going after your dreams. My Riley Snowgo family, I love you and thank you for reminding me of who God has anointed me to be and that his gifts and his calling are irrevocable. I hope today you're being encouraged in this moment. Um, hmm. To my friends and my tribe, near and far, you know who you are. Thank you for being my champions. I wouldn't be here without you. Pastors, ministry leaders, business leaders in the city, together in Christ, I've got to just say these things just to declare them in this region. Thank you for loving and trusting in who God made me to be. This is really about me. (laughs) 
So God's doing here. Elijah Christina. This is a cool pulpit. <laughs> yeah, thank you for your whew, thank you for your friendship. And not only providing a safe place here, but pursuing God's destiny and redemption for me and my family. Thank you, Father. This church, the pursuit. Thank you for trusting in, in us as a family and for me and inviting us to be a part of what God's doing in this season right now. I'm honored to be here. Lastly, to the churches in this region, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to serve, allowing me to serve your, your, your churches in worship over the last 12 years. It's been a great journey. So it's pretty amazing how God's orchestrated today um, because here's a little backstory. This is the church that I was saved in back in 1976, right over there, not far from here. It was the Luther Burbank Center. Uh, what's it called now? Wells Fargo, Luther Burbank. That was, that was where I gave my heart to Jesus back in 1976. And it, it's, it's fitting that God would say, this is where I want you to step on a Sunday morning again and preach after all these years. Um, the second thing that's pretty important is this my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> and Teresa, where are you? Teresa's birthday. Happy birthday, Teresa. Any other birthdays? <laughs> it's pretty special. And um, Sam mentioned it. It's Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry. Yeah. And we're celebrating the day that Jesus came into Jerusalem to give his life to victoriously conquer sin and death and fulfill the requirements of the law and restore relationship in to, to us in all of humanity. Yahoo! Yep. Yeah. Yahoo! <laughs> so my prayer today, and it's been a theme throughout this morning I've already um, sensed and I feel is, is that, um, that we would experience hope fresh and new again today. The word's hope. And, uh, I feel honored to be a vessel of God's hope. And, and my prayer is that if you see me and look at me and what God has done, you really see Jesus and what he's done. Because I wouldn't be here without him. And you played a part in that. You did. Thank you. I love you guys. Whew. Grab your Bible. Grab your Bible, your phone, your device, something, and turn with me to John chapter 12. We're going to be looking at a few scriptures today. This is great. John chapter 12, when you have it, say Yahoo. Doug, thank you for last week's message. I'm a remnant of this house. Amen. Daniel, thank you for your encouraging words this morning and weeks ago, but this morning, Holy Spirit, we want you to move in this place. Do what you want to do. Yeah. John chapter 12, six days before the Passover, in verse 1, Jesus arrived at Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here it here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Isn't that pretty cool? So if you raise some from someone from the dead, it's likely you'll have a dinner <laughs> in your honor. 
that's a freebie. Let's go do it. Martha served, of course. That would, that would be me. While Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with Jesus. Isn't that pretty cool? Think about it. Jesus, the chapter before in you know, John 11, raised Lazarus from the dead. Now he's back with them, hanging out, having a meal together. I love that. So then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Skip down to number 9, verse 9. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. This was pretty cool. I'd forgotten why people were gathering. I knew they were coming to Passover, but there was a crowd that came toward Jesus to see him, but also to see Lazarus. We want to see this guy who Jesus rose from the dead. So, you know, if you raise someone from the dead, people are going to want to see them too. And I'm, I'm saying this tongue-in-cheek, but there's something about it. I kind of feel like I'm Lazarus a little bit. And that just came during worship. You know, I was kind of like, I was dead and now I'm alive. Some of you can relate. Do people want to see us because of what Jesus has done in our lives? This wasn't in my notes, but it's really good. (laughs) Because think about it. When Jesus does a miracle, doesn't it attract people? It should. Our lives are a miracle. It should attract people. To Jesus, ultimately. And I love that. On, on this day, we're, we're celebrating him coming into Jerusalem. We're going to read it in a minute. But people were drawn to who he is, to the way he lived life, to what he did. Ooh, that's good. Hmm. Verse 10. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. Imagine that, you know? Poor Lazarus. Yeah. For on account of for, for on account of Lazarus, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and putting their faith in him. Verse 12, the next day, the next day, after the party, hanging out with Lazarus, people gathering, coming toward Jerusalem for the Passover week. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the feasts heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Now turn with me or swipe with me to Luke 19. And we'll start with verse 29. You have it? 1929? All right. As Jesus approached Bethpage and Bethany... At the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there with one that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you are untying it, tell them the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, 
why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, the people spread their cloaks on the road. And in Matthew, it says they took palm branches and cut them as well. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, you know that little place right there, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the what? The miracles they had seen. And they sang, Hosanna. NIV says, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Jesus says, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is living, it's active, it's sharper than any double-edged sword, and we welcome and invite you to speak to us, to accomplish your divine purpose. Thank you for this moment in history that we are honored to be a part of and share together. Let hope arise. Let hope be stirred. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Woo. So I want you to see this moment and join with me in it just for a second. Like you're there. All right? We came. We, we were looking to see Lazarus. Maybe some of you got to see him, talk to him, meet him. That would be cool, huh? I wonder what it felt like. next day we get up in the morning Jesus is in town we heard he's coming here he comes I want to see him right I want to see him I love this anticipation right you, you feel it stirring there's like hope stirring it's like a concert about to begin your favorite band's about to play you know you've been there you're waiting for the moment it's better with Jesus I mean he's been healing the sick raising the dead it's pretty awesome and I love the response of the people. What was the crowd doing? Verse 37 says, The whole crowd of disciples began to joyfully praise God. How are they doing it? With what? With loud. Loud! Loud voices! <laughs> this spontaneous praise service. They didn't have a band like we have. Thank you, band, by the way. Fantastic. Let's give it up for the band. So good. <laughs> loud voices. Making it loud. I love that. Why were they praising? For the miracles they saw Jesus do, for what he had done, for who he was. Yeah, there was a recognition that Jesus Christ, the King, the Messiah, the one they'd been waiting for, 
was there. They were beholding him. Are you beholding him this morning, are we? Yeah, I am. Hmm. What were they declaring? Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory to God in the highest. The religious people said, teacher, rebuke your disciples. They're too loud. And he says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. So what I want to do right now, a little praise moment. I want all of us, one more time, with joyful, loud voices, not yet, think about one thing that Jesus has done for you or someone else. And on the count of three, you ready? We're going to praise him with a very loud voice right now. One, two, three. Praise you, Jesus. Woo! Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God in the highest. We bless you. Yeah. Woo! Thank you for what you're doing. Yes. Yes. Thank you for what you will do, but thank you for what you're doing right now in me. Right now, in this moment. Oh, this is good. So when I see this picture and imagine being in that moment, and I'm in it with you right now, what's happening in my heart is that hope is being stirred. And, and here's the part where I want to get off the page for a minute and let you into my journey. Um, hope is being stirred in me. And if, if I were to go back to those 12 years ago when I thought things were done and over, it was my wife who looked at me and declared who God said I was. And it was as if grace came and punched me right in the chest, dropped me to the floor. And I began to have this revelation that I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not viewed by God based on how I do or what I do, but who he made me to be. And uh, I've heard it said even yesterday, we're not human doings. We're human beings and the whole intent of God is that we interact and relate with him in that way and as we grow in being who he made us to be the activities of what I do play out and they glorify him right in, in back in Bible school I went to Genesis years ago any Genesis graduates in here people went to Genesis a few of us yeah it was great um, I remember Jim Argue said this, and it kind of threw a wrench at me. It was like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and do whatever you want. <laughs> but think about it, it's true. Isn't that great? Yeah. It's great. So I see this crowd, and hope is being cultivated. Hope is being stirred in their hearts and their minds. And, and it's because Jesus is coming into their city. Jesus is coming coming to them and our and our we know the story jesus dies he raises from the dead and now he comes to live where in our hearts and our lives he's come to us right and when jesus walks into the room i like that song thank you brian and katie Torwalt. when jesus walks into the room sickness starts to vanish every hopeless situation ceases to exist every hopeless situation ceases to exist. Today's about hope. Hope being realized, hope being stirred, maybe hope being picked back up again. 
my wife said, I was getting a little nervous about today. I haven't done this in a while. <laughs> and, and I had all these things that I'm writing. Oh, God, what am I going to say? What am I going to? And uh, thank you for the texts and kind words that people have given me. They said, be who you are, RC. Be who God made you to be. And I, I'm doing my best. I'm trying, okay? <laughs> and uh, being as vulnerable as I know how to be. And um, she, Lori says to me, just get the word of the Lord. And it was like, just the, even if it's a word. So as I was um, praying for weeks about this, the word hope just continued to just resonate in me. Just uh, hope, 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 hope. And I think that's because it's who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm a vessel of God's hope. Yep. And, and so are we. It's not just me, it's us. Because Jesus came as the hope of the nations. And sometimes we forget that. We're so concerned with managing things around us that we forget that Jesus is the hope of the nations. He's, he lives in us, and when he walks into the room, hopeless situations cease to exist. So when we walk into the room, hopeless situations cease to exist. Right? They don't happen to us. We come in and change the situation. What an honor. What a privilege it is to be carriers of hope. I love that. Jesus is our hope. Mm. And that's what he's in the business of doing. Jesus is in the business of stirring hope. And I, I sense in, in this time right now, there's like an accelerated intensity again in, in this, this experience of hope. A, couple, a week ago, we were at a healing meeting, and I, a, a, a meeting where we gathered to pray for the sick and pray for each other, and we began to see healings take place. Um, hope is being stirred again. That's, this, this is life in the kingdom. This is how it's supposed to be. Right? Woohoo. So let's dive a little deeper into hope. And if I had to pick one verse that would be like today's theme that God's impressed on me, it would be Proverbs 13, verse 12. You can look there if you want, but I think you know it. It says this Hope deferred makes the heart. Go ahead and say it. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Or, or in some translations, it says that. Um, hopes and dreams deferred make a person depressed. That's kind of more of the modern version. Either way, it's a concern, right? The verse continues, but a longing fulfilled or a dream fulfilled or realized is a tree of life. Whoo. The, uh, the, the best way I could describe the last, uh, I would say last two years, but really the last several months has been, I've been on a journey of, of learning how God interacts with me. And I would encourage you to, to pursue growing and learning how God interacts with you. And I say interacting because we all want to have this, the Lord told me and I'm, hearing God, and he's, here's what he said, and I'm all about that. But I also am I'm learning how I interface and, and hear from him, how the Holy Spirit teaches me and impresses things upon me. So I've been on a journey of, of, of learning that. And I'm saying all that to say because um, recently the Holy Spirit invited me to go running with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, it sounds crazy. And I, I feel very vulnerable saying that because 
he did. He invited me to go running. And being in this, this house, the, the, our, our, our theme, our, our mantra is being healthy, right? Body, soul, and spirit. Spirit, soul, and body. Being who God made us to be, spirit, soul, and body. So he invited me on this, on, on this run. And I didn't know how long we were going to run. And <laughs> I didn't know how far we were going to run. How many runners are here in this room that like to run? Who likes to run? I think Sam likes to run. There's a few of us that like to run. I ran in high school, uh, cross, cross country, so I could get in shape for basketball. Right? Um, so I didn't love, love running, but I appreciated it. And I, I would try to do it to get in shape. I'm saying all this to say, so six weeks ago, um, I started running and it became this and I, I i put headphones on i'm listening to music i'm rocking out thank you god for striper right <laughs> and and heavy christian metal and because it gets me going and okay lord what are you what are you showing me and and i and i remember it was after a week you'd preached a, a message about us allowing god to sit with us in our pain and he he asked you asked us, hey, ask God what, he, what, what, what that is. And so I got real vulnerable with the Lord, and he began to show me some things. And the next day I went on the run with him, and I thought he was going like, to give me the answer and tell me how to fix it all. And he goes, no, I'm just going to run with you. I'm going to be with you in this, right? So God's been teaching me about interaction. I'm saying all this to say, uh, as I was thinking about hope and as I was running, um, he began to make this verse come alive in me. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But longing fulfilled or hopes realized or hopes hung on to is like eating from the tree of life. Think about that. We, it's like there's this, I'm either in hope or I'm, what's the opposite of hope? It would be hopeless, right? Um, I'm either embracing hope, and sorry, this side of the room, you're the hope deferred. It's not really, but... <laughs> You see, you see it here, right? Um, I'm either, I'm either healthy, healthy because I'm hope and I'm embracing, or I'm sick. Are you with me? Stay with me a little longer. I'm eating and drawing from the tree of life, or I'm not. This is where life is. This is where life begins to be lifeless, right? Um, this is where I experience things that are eternal. Even now, I'm experiencing interaction with the eternal perspective of God and how we interface with each other, or I'm really living temporal in the here and now and just living based on what I hear in the news, or right? right? And we can get stuck there. So as I was running, and um, I've run since the last six weeks, I've run 96 miles. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, uh, last Saturday I did my first 10 mile ever. I was like crazy because we weren't done yet. Okay, we're going to keep going. <laughs> it's been really good. But as I was running and I was thinking about this verse, uh, I felt like the Spirit of God began to, to um, show me something about hope deferred and dreams deferred. And he took me into this. He invited me to kind of go into this room, and I don't want to spend a lot of time there, but I want to acknowledge that it's a, it's a place that um, I, I begin to see. I went into this, this room of hopes and dreams deferred. And um, I 
began to look around, and he said, look around. And he was with me. He was with me. It wasn't like he left me, but I was in this room, and it wasn't like a, uh, uh, I wasn't taken into a third heaven. I was running. <laughs> but I began to see this room, and as I began to look in this room, I, there were shelves in this room, and it was dusty, and there were things in my life, and I'm going to be a little vulnerable here. I, I started to see my disappointments, and things in my past that I was disappointed about, Things that I would look at and say, God, where were you? Were you even there? Hope deferred. I'm in the room of hope deferred, remember. Um, I actually was taken back to being, when I was 11 years old, my sister passed away, Lydia, and I saw that season of life, and I went, oh, Jesus, where were you? I had hope that you were going to do a miracle. Hope deferred. Are you with me? I looked over uh, another another shelf. I went down. I looked, and it it was more of a feeling that I had recently experienced. And I, it was I felt abandonment, and it was associated with this this thing about me. I'm a, I'm a, my gift is is to be a motivator and encourager and and pastor. Right, that's my heart. I want God's best for all of you, and. I saw that abandonment, and it was, it was tied in with if I didn't behave enough and do all the right things, that people would leave me. That's how I saw it, right? And so it was like the hopes that I had in doing something good for people would turn out bad if I wasn't performing well enough, right? Does that make sense to anybody? Yeah. <laughs> then I looked over here, and this was a big pile. It was finances and debt and I went God but I've even done Dave Ramsey and it's still there (laughs) (laughs) and we laugh but it was it could feel a little bit hopeless right in the room of hope deferred and then even near that was like the idea of for me it was like right next to the financial pile was like owning a house that'll never happen right I saw that I felt that in that that room of hope deferred. And then, of course, up here on this shelf up here, a little higher, there were some of the dreams I've had in you know, writing songs. And there was even like this book that was kind of up there. Really? Right. And as I'm looking around, I started realizing I'm not feeling very well in this space. I'm not feeling too good. But there's a tree there. So I'm going to start... I took a bite from this tree, and as I took a bite and began to eat from this tree in the room of hope deferred, I started just making excuses for those hopes and dreams that were deferred. I could see clearly, I thought. I actually started feeling worse. My health. I have Graves' disease. It's an autoimmune disease. I take thyroid every day, and I saw that as oh, I'll always be unhealthy. I'm always going to have this, right? Again, I'm in the room of hope deferred. Then I came right in front of me was my failure. Boom, right there. 
I'll never be good enough. I'll never preach again. I'll never pastor a church again. Hope deferred. Now I'm feeling really sick. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> so there's my failure. Then there's the church and the people that I hurt, let down, destroyed. Now I'm really not feeling very good at all. And before we get out of here, because we got to get out of this room. <laughs> Are you with me? Yeah, it's good. I started thinking about other people that have deferred hope, people that I know. Maybe it is your marriage. Maybe you feel like it's hopeless. Maybe you feel like relationships. Um, maybe there's, they're too hard, too difficult, too impossible. How about people that you've been praying for to know Jesus? It seems so hard. Things that we can defer, put aside. We don't have any hope anymore. Maybe for some it's simple, just like a, a vacation I want to go on never going to happen, right? Um, maybe it's a ministry, something God's put in you. Anyway, we got to get out of this room. <laughs> Come on, let's get out of this room. We got to get out. We're getting out. <laughs> so now let's change. Let's go, let's go to the room, the room of hopes and dreams. Come on. Woo! <laughs> so it's funny. It's funny. I'm running. I'm thinking about this illustration. <laughs> uh, am I really going to share this? Yeah, I'm sharing this running right so in the room of hopes and dreams what makes it so amazing is that all things are possible yeah. and nothing is impossible right because holy spirit's with us he's in us jesus is our king there's nothing impossible so now now come with me and let's start looking around this space this room the disappointments that i felt when i was in the other room all of a sudden I'm starting to look, and it looks different now. I'm looking for them because I deferred them, but now I'm taking them on. I'm going to, here we go. I was disappointed, but, and God began to show me that those weren't disappointments. Look at, there were appointments that I had to meet you in those places where you thought I wasn't there. Someone said it this morning. God's with us. You said it. Near, right here, right now. And often disappointments can rule and take over, but really God, there's an appointment he has with us right in that moment. Yeah. I began to look for my sister who died, which was, that's something else, man. I was like, where is she? Holy Spirit says, she's alive and well. I go, well, you're just, no, it's true. She's alive and well, and you're going to get to see her someday. She's doing fine. And, it, and, I, and I'm not being denying death at all. I'm, it's, again, in the room of hope, the way we view it changes because Jesus is king, and he came to establish an eternal kingdom. And it is true that with Jesus, we live forever. I want to remind you of that, that this flesh tent is not my eternal home. Some of you need to hear this and receive this. That this journey we're on is forever. And mark my words, there'll be a day that we can recount this morning. It may be 200 years from now, 300 years from now, maybe 1,000 years from now. Remember that day we talked about this. The relationship is intended to be forever. And we've, we've somehow, death has become this, like, the end. It's not the end. 
Can I remind you, it's not the end in the kingdom of God. Come on. I want to stir you up in hope. It's not the end in the kingdom. Yeah, it's painful. And I'm not saying it doesn't hurt and we don't grieve. We need to grieve. That's the emotion God's given us to process it. Thank you, God, for that. I got to say, pastoring when I was pastoring, um, like when I was the head, you know, when I was you, you guys, <laughs> there, was this, there was this pressure that you feel. And uh, I remember going into hospital rooms and, and praying and there were people that we prayed for that did not raise from the dead or they didn't heal and they died. And it, and it felt almost like I wasn't doing my job good enough, you know? And I'm, not, and I'm not saying that God doesn't heal because he does. I believe 100% he does. But the reality is, even Lazarus died twice. <laughs> I'm just saying, we forget that. And it's not that God wasn't able to raise him again. He could have, but he, just, he didn't because, again, the kingdom of God is eternal. And so that should stir hope in us, especially some of us that are really wrestling with death and end of life, we call it, that season. And I want us to be encouraged to remember that every breath we have on this earth is a gift from God. But it's not the end when we, when we pass on. It continues forever. And so I saw that in that room of hope and dreams. Suddenly, the loss of my sister began to change shape, and she wasn't even me. She was alive and well. We're, you know, whew, I got some hope in that. I needed that. I've had some people help me with that, too. <laughs> me, too. Thank you. You've helped me in hope. Yeah. Hmm. So, remember that feeling that I had in that other room about being abandoned? And when I brought that up, Holy Spirit, I, what does this look like in the room of hope? He says, they're following their dreams. We should celebrate them. I go, yeah, of course. They're not abandoning me. They're going on. My family, thank you for going after your dreams. Bless you in Texas. <laughs> yeah. I'm si it's, it's really great. It's awesome to be able to say that. And as I'm, as I'm um, in this room, I'm starting to feel better, right? Um, finances, God goes, <laughs> not a problem, right? Not a problem. I have people around you that, like, God, I'm confident that God's going to take care of us financially. Right? right? Yep. <laughs> Feeling better in this room. Those forgotten dreams, pick them up. Pick them up again. Start writing that song. Start writing that book. Let's go for it. Let's get the dust off of it. There's no dust in the room of hope. <laughs> I love this. Uh, look, there's a tree here, too. I'm going to eat from this tree. Ooh, this tree gives me life. Holy Spirit, what was the other tree? Remember in the garden, he said to me? Yeah, the Garden of Eden. There were two trees in that garden. There was a tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You can eat from either one. Unfortunately, a lot of my kids are still going into the room of hope deferred and dreams deferred and eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But I have come that you may have life. So in the room of hope, the tree of life continues to sustain us and fill us with hope. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
that's good. I was like, whoa, I never, ever saw it that way. I, it says it right there, you know, longing fulfilled is a tree of life. But I didn't think about the tree of life, like in the garden. You could actually eat that tree and live forever. It's God's heart for us to live together forever with him and his kingdom. Woo! That's good news. That's good news. It's great news. So what about my health? He goes, well, let's go running, right? Holy Spirit, let's go running. I'm running. He goes, you'll see. What about that house? He goes, you really want a house, RC? Let's talk about it. Come on, let's go talk about it, right? So, so he's inviting me in this space, right? And then I, I, I remember that morning when I was in this room of hope and I began to look for my failure. And he literally said to me, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I said, you know, 12 years ago. He goes, no, what are you talking about? And I go, come on. I go, well, every, people know. Sonoma County knows. He goes, what are you talking about? I do not interact with you and interface with you based on your sin, your failure, your past, any of it. As far as the east is from the west, so far has I, have I removed your sin from you. Come on. Somebody needs to hear that today. Yeah. And it's not about me, but it's about recognizing how we interface with God, how he sees us, and that should be the same when we look at each other. Now you get to look at me that way. Right? Yeah. That's right. So good. I'm so humbled and blessed. Hmm. And I even asked, okay, what about the ministry and the people that I hurt? And he says, I'm the same healer and the same restorer of people in broken dreams just as I'm healing you. I'm healing them. And let your life be that testimony in this region because there have been a lot of leaders that have failed us that have hurt us that have let us down in this county most of them are asked to leave and go away for whatever reason and God asked us to stay so that we can stand in humble humble humility before you before the Lord and say God this is your city no sin no failure want to stop what you want to do here right because god has great things in store for this city for this region this is his his space and so i'm in that room of hope right and i began to like reach for the walls and there wasn't a room at all there was actually a vast expanse and it continued to go and there was no there was i could run it was spacious it wasn't containing at all and i asked holy spirit what about that room and he goes because that's really a prison in a lot of people's minds where they get stuck the 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 space of hope deferred right the choice is ours to live in hope or to live in hope deferred Ooh, it's really good How do we live in this hopeful time? <laughs> right? Well, I only have one little deferred hope, right? I'm only a little bit sick. It reminded me of this um, story I think I heard my father-in-law tell a long time ago about, about brownies 
And if we were given a, a brownie, that had a choice between a brownie that was completely brownie mix and another set of brownies that had just a little drop of poison, would you want to eat the one with a little drop of poison or not? Of course not. Because a little bit of poison is poison, right? <laughs> just as a little bit of sick is sick, right? So what is the secret <laughs> of living in hopeful times? What I'm learning, and I, my, my conviction is that it is the Holy Spirit in us. Because I, I begin to like think, well, it's people have given me hope, and yes, you have. You've stirred hope in me. You've been a part of that. But at the end of the day, it's, it's become a space with me and my journey with the Holy Spirit. Because let's just say, for example, y'all weren't around. Could I still live in hope? I should be if I'm eating from the tree of life. And so when I was six years old, 1976, I said earlier, I got saved and the Holy Spirit came and lived in me, right? If you're born again, he's living in you, right? And when I was uh, 12 years old, around the same time my sister passed away that same summer, I went up to Old Oakley Bible Ranch in Sonora, California, and I was in this small little um, a Bible study with our counselor after the main service was great and everything and he just began to pray for us those that wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and I was in that little space and it was quiet and simple and I experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit overflowing in my life and yeah I began to speak in other tongues and worship God as a little young boy there that was my first Holy Spirit encounter after I was saved born again right I'm saying that to say that wasn't intended to be a one-time event for RC because the Holy Spirit is a person just like Jesus and Father are a person, right? Right? That's good theology. It's good theology. And the Holy Spirit's gift to us is that he lives in us. In fact, Jesus, when he, before he came into Jerusalem, he had told his disciples, it's better that I go because when I leave, I'm going to give to you my Holy Spirit. He'll be with you, he'll be in you, and you'll, be, you'll do greater things. And I know we think a lot about the Holy Spirit and the power, and you mentioned it last week, but we kind of get stuck in this. He's power, and he is, but he's also intimacy. He's also, in, in my experience, and again, this is R.C.'s opinion, but my experience has been he has become, for me, the tree of life. And so therein lies hope. This, this stirring of hope in me. And, and it's, it's something I can't even articulate with words, but it's changing everything in me. That there's hope in me. And even in those places that I've dared to go in that other room, <laughs> for every one of them, God has given me something. And there's even, a, there's even if I'm really, really real, we're going really late, huh? I am sorry. When are we supposed to be done? <laughs> I had no idea when we we're supposed to. We're, I'm almost done. We're almost done. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up right here. What about those things I don't understand or can't explain? Sometimes those can be the very thing that locks us right into hope deferred. I don't understand it. Uh. 
And when I'm living in this place of hope, it's okay if I don't understand it, no. There's some things that I don't know I don't understand. And the longer I spend my time here, the more I'm in this space of life and hope, those things that used to just bug me because I don't understand them and I can't explain them, I don't know how to preach them, it's okay. I don't have to know everything. And because I know Jesus and how much he loves me and how much he loves us, I am content with saying, God, I don't understand, but I trust you. I don't understand, but I trust you. And you know what that does for me? More hope starts to stir. And I got to say this, that there's a direct relationship between hope being stirred and faith being activated. Right? It just happens. It's the byproduct. So, today I want to bless you with hope. I want to pour it out on you. I want you to experience it. I pray that in this moment today that you are stirred with something and not just what God's going to do. I hope I didn't even say that. What God's going to do because he's going to do good things. And, and, but a lot of times we spend Sunday morning talking about what he's going to do. <laughs> right now, in this moment, he's doing it in you right now. Right now. You said it this morning. Doing it right now. Something new. Something new. Stirring something in you. If you've not experienced the Holy Spirit in your life, I want to invite you. Say, Holy Spirit, I want to know you. I want to walk in intimacy with you. I want to be baptized by you. I was baptized when I was a kid. I want it to happen again. In fact, in Acts, we see over and over again, they encounter the Holy Spirit. In fact, they, the disciples, when they, the apostles, when they came into different cities, they heard about Jesus, but not the Holy Spirit. Oh, we'll tell you. Here he is. We want to pour him out. Let's pour, pour it out. Pour it out, right? All right. I'm getting fired up. <laughs> so here we go. We're going to wrap up in prayer. This is good. But, but uh, come on. <laughs> it's good to be home. It's good to be home, yeah. <laughs> so here it is. Are you, uh, question number one. This is a good sermon because it has something to like give you right when we leave. Question number one. Are you living in the prison of hope and dreams deferred today? If you are feeling hopeless, you're feeling that way, I want to encourage you today that Jesus came into Jerusalem. Can you see him? He came in so that he could obliterate hopelessness. He came in as the one who gives hope. And he even wept over the city because they didn't, at that time, realize what he was coming to do. They thought he was coming to set up his kingdom on the earth and to wipe out the Romans. Come on, we want to see you, but he's, my kingdom is not of this world. I don't do things that way. He came to give hope and life. So I want to encourage you in that. If you're hopeless today, there's hope in Jesus. The second thing that I want to put on the table is that maybe today God is reminding you of a hope or a dream that you deferred that he wants you to pick back up. Is there something that you've left over there? I want to invite you to pick it back up can be scary, can be fearful. I'll be honest, like 12 years ago, I never wanted to preach again. But you're getting my first one. Yeah. I thought I disqualified myself. 
But you know what? Hope changes things. Hope in Jesus changes everything. Pick it back up. Dare to hope and dream again. And the, the last thing would be if you want more of the Holy Spirit, I want to invite you to ask him to pour himself out in your life. Whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like, we don't care, God, we just want you. Will you stand with me this morning? And wherever you find yourself in that space, I just want you to reach out to him. Wherever it is, if you're hopeless, I just declare hope over you. That, that the lies, oh, there's a Bill Johnson quote. Got to say it. Got to say it. Here's Bill Johnson. Thanks, Bill. Any area of our lives for which we have no hope, it's under the influence of a lie. So we expose all the lies this morning in Jesus' name. We cancel every assignment of the enemy, and we release your hope, O oh God, your truth, your reality into our lives. And we're not just talking about wishful thinking and hopeful hopeful prayers that are, that are wrote. We are real with you, God, that you are the God that you say you are, that you don't let us down. And when we see things in this vast expanse of hope that you've given us to run in and to play in and to exist in, God, we thank you that there's freedom and life and liberty, and we thank you that dreams do come true in you, not because I am strong and I did it on my own, not at all, but because you have accomplished it. It's your life in us. And God, forgive us for taking on other people's dreams and trying to make them ours, because that's when we get messed up. We want to live out the dreams you put in us. And if I could be bold enough, we want to be a part of your dreams for this region, your dreams for this city. And here we are, this band of Christian lovers of Jesus in this room. And we say, yes, God. We'll go where you say go. We'll do what you want us to do. King Jesus, come into this city. Wreck our city with love. <laughs> Use us. We're yours. Hopelessness be gone. Holy Spirit be poured out. Hopeless, hopelessness gone. Holy Spirit poured out. Hallelujah. We say yes and amen. And everybody said amen. Let's give him praise. Come on. Jesus. You've been listening to the Vertical Call weekly podcast. To find out more about Vertical Call, visit verticalcall.com. And please take the time to leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.